Hello, and welcome to the Music Survival Guide, the independent musician's guide on how to survive in the music industry. My name's Phil, a mixing and mastering engineer. Well, I hope you're all doing well out there. It is the very end of August I record this, which is just quite how far ahead I record them, which is actually not that far, thank you. And I've not recorded a podcast in a while because I've had a bit, of a bit of time off over August from recording. Not that you will notice. I mean, I say that there was a bit of a week's gap in my reschedule. But anyway, <laughs> and I hope you had a bit of a break, a bit of time off, and it's, yeah, it's been really nice. Really nice. And I wanted to talk this week about um, Atmos, Dolby Atmos. I don't know how much you know about Dolby Atmos and its potential as a a new method of listening. But it's really interesting. I think it's really worth unpacking. Is it worth it? <laughs> it's kind of what it comes down to. Is it worth it? So firstly, very big question. What is Atmos? The people who really want to push Atmos to be blunt will tell you it's a step change in how you listen to music. It's like going from mono to stereo back in the 60s. It's that kind of change, but it's so much bigger. It's so much more. So Atmos is a surround sound system, but what makes it clever, what makes it different to say 5.1 or anything like that, is it's not fixed. It will expand the, the sound and contract the sound depending on how many speakers you've got set up in that system, or even if you're using headphones, it works binaurally as well. That's what's really, really clever about Atmos. It, we can't get around this. It's really clever. You can um, put in, say, a, a pair of speakers and you will be able to listen to the mix. And it won't sound quite the same as, say, listening with nine speakers around you and a sub and everything like that, but it will physically work. So it's one system that expands and contracts depending on how many, systems, how many speakers the end user is using. That's what makes it very different as a surround sound system. The, the way to think about it is it goes from that kind of quite limited, if I'm honest, way of just having a pair of speakers and everything goes between those two and you can have stuff pan towards the middle and towards the edge and it's all psychoacoustic and wonderful. But if you have, say, seven or nine speakers, you can pan in between all of those. You can have stuff coming from behind you, above you, um, beneath you, next to you. It's all amazing. And the idea is that you can you can recreate environments. I think one of the ways I think Atmos really, really will be used going forward is live albums. I think a live album experience could be really amazing done with an Atmos mix with the crowd around you and the band in front of you. That could be really cool. And the creative ways that Atmos can be used. So you could say have um, the drums and voice in front of you, sure, but you can have a little acoustic guitar kind of somewhat behind you or next to you. It's these kinds of creative things that are really amazing. And the other thing you can do with Atmos as well is you don't just have to situate a sound, say an acoustic guitar, in a particular part of the the it's called the stereo field, the, the surround sound field, and leave it there. You can make it move around as the song goes on. Now don't get me wrong, that could be used in a very cheesy way. Don't use it in a cheesy way. Well, you could use it in a cheesy way, but I wouldn't necessarily be inclined to. And I think there's going to be a period where people go a bit crazy for that kind of thing, and then it'll calm down. But if you have particular sounds and effects that you want to kind of fly around, that could be really cool, really cool. So, in brief, that's what Atmos is. It's a sound system that kind of expands and contracts depending on how many speakers the end user has. And it's very much being used by film. There's a lot of IMAX, I think, cinemas. I think they're pretty much all Atmos now. I think a lot of kind of normal cinemas are becoming Atmos as well. And there's an obvious understanding of how that works because you're in a big room, you're surrounded by speakers. And there's, there's a strong push in that kind of world. And that's basically the way that you sing a lot of films now. And there's a real strong push to have it in the music world too. And I think the question is, should you get involved? Should you not? Because there's benefits and there are drawbacks. And it's really worth thinking through those before you kind of dive in and go, yes, we're going to do this. As simple as that, really. So the first benefit, and this is kind of not what I like, but there you are, is it helps push your music out. I mean, one, the, the nice part of this is that if, you, if you're in a, a genre where there's not many people using Atmos Mix, especially at a smaller kind of level of band, it makes you unique. It makes you stand out. That can be really useful. But there's the kind of, I don't know, the darker side of it where Apple have really got behind Atmos. So if you have an Apple phone and a pair of Apple earbuds, you can start to listen to stuff in binaural like now. It just works. Um, and as a result, there's this rumor, I'm not sure how true it is, I think it probably is, that Apple Music is only featuring artists with Atmos mixes. So it's really worth thinking that through as well. Currently, Spotify, as I record, does not do Atmos, but there's loads and loads of online um, streaming platforms that do Atmos mixes. So it's, it's, it's getting there. It really is getting there. It's not quite everywhere, but it's getting there. The, the second point, and I think this one is, is really important, is it's flipping creative. Like, at the moment, a lot of bands are in that mindset of, of creating a song with a stereo mix in mind. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've got a pair of speakers, you need to cram in your audio, it's your mixing engineer's job to make sure everything works and fits together. With an Atmos mix, with all those speakers and all that kind of space, you can space stuff out and it sounds more expansive. Honestly, if you listen to a binaural mix, binaural is not perfect, I'll come on to that, but if you listen to a binaural mix from Atmos mix, you'll hear what I mean. It sounds just that little bit more spacious, and it's kind of hard to describe without just saying, just go kind of listen to it. The famous one that people have done is, uh, that's been done is Rocket Man, uh, Elton John. There's, there's an Atmos mix of that that's really cool because it starts off quite small and ends, but quite big, so it helps you kind of get a feel for what it can be like. It's really potentially creative. If you say you want to make, I don't know, whooshing sound, you can make that kind of fly around over the head, over the top of the song, that kind of thing. It really is up to you and say your mixing engineer you're working with to work out how you would want to approach that kind of thing. And I think if you're going to really, really go for this kind of thing, you should really record with that in mind, record with how you want it to sound in Atmos mix in mind. And a good recording engineer can help you do that, to be honest. The, the final benefit I can, I can think of, and I think there's probably more, more facets to, to this than I'm telling you now, but you know, this is what came to my mind, is it's, it's potentially future-proofing it. So stereo mixes, you know, they've been around since the 60s. It's been the standard way to listen to music. People have tried surround sound formats, but this is where it's different with Atmos, because as I said, it expands and contracts with different um, speaker systems. And they're improving the binaural system all the time. They're kind of working on the algorithms to make it as similar as possible to the actual true um, experience of lots of speakers. And th the joy is that once you've got an Atmos mix, your mix, the mix of your song, will 
receive that improvement. So it's all because it's all programmed in. You don't need to remix it if they start changing the Atmos algorithm. It's just going to work. They just want it to get better and better and better. That's really cool. And it's, again, it's, it's having an extra format. You know, you've got your music in stereo. That's great. Have you thought about Atmos? It's an extra mix that you need to think about if you want to do it. You don't have to do it. I think it's really important to bear in mind. If you don't want to do this, you don't have to do this. Please don't feel pressure. Please don't hear me telling you that this is the only way to be now. I think there's a lot of push towards Atmos. And you need to think about is this thing I want to do? Is it worthwhile for what we're trying to do? If you're a just having fun releasing the occasional song, it might not be worth it because it's not cheap. Uh, I'll get onto that. But if you really want to push yourself forward, really want to push yourself creatively, and really want to um, get, get, your big, get your best foot forward and get in front of the biggest potential crowd, this might be something worth considering. So now I want to move on to the drawbacks. And the biggest drawback is cost. It, it is an extra mix that you can't just ask your mixing engineer if they provide Atmos mixes um, to do an extra mix. It's a whole extra cost because it's a whole different approach. A stereo mix requires a very different mental approach to an Atmos mix, and they would want to approach it afresh. So it's two separate mixes that they need to provide. And at the moment, the cost of an Atmos mix, a good Atmos mix, is not cheap. It's not cheap at all. You've got to find who provides it. So at the moment, I do not provide Atmos mixes. I'm not set up for Atmos mixes, and I'm not about to do it on my headphones by already because it doesn't sound as good, and I'm not going to get you a good mix. It's not. It's not going to be great. It might sound all right, but it's not going to be great, and it's not worth me trying to convince you that yes, I can do it on a pair of headphones. It's not really worth it. I think if anyone's trying to say they can do Atmos mixes on headphones at the moment, I'm going to say maybe the future is different. Be aware because it's a very different approach having say seven or nine speakers around you and stuff to having a pair of headphones. It just doesn't quite translate at the moment. So that's unfortunately true. So if you're going to go with it, you need to have something set up, got a room set up for Atmos mixes, and getting stuff mixed that ain't cheap. Worth it, but ain't cheap. So there you are. I think the other potential drawback is how are you going to hear it? Because it's, it's if you've got a system where you can listen to Atmos mixes, that's great because the soundbars they're releasing that are doing that kind of thing, that are working with Atmos mixes, um, and you can evaluate that mix. Because the problem is if, you've, if someone says you know, here's your Atmos mix, please let us know your revisions. They probably say better than that, but um, how you can evaluate it. You need to have the right system to listen to it. And Apple phones, they're all provided by normal um, systems now with their headphones, with their earbuds. But you need to work that out. Work out how you're going to listen to it. The binaural system is okay. It's not perfect. And it's improving, it's improving all the time, as I said. It's not perfect, but it's getting that. And to be honest, that is how most people are going to listen to binaural to uh, Atmos mixes. That's going to be the way it's going forward, certainly for the, the short term. And they know that. And they're going to improve and improve that algorithm to make binaural as good as possible. But it's potentially true that stereo mixes sound better on headphones than binaural mixes at the moment. So you just have to bear that in mind. Should you do it? Should you do it? Well, again, it's, it's the cost. It is the cost. It's not cheap. And is there enough benefit to that cost for you to go ahead with it? That really is the kind of fundamental decision that you have to make. It's really creative. It's pushing things forward. But there you go. The last question you have to ask yourself, and this is not something that, that you necessarily need to talk about, is, is it the future? Is it the future? Or is it something that's like 5.1 or 7.1 where it comes and it goes? Is it maybe where the biggest, biggest artists have Atmos mixes and everyone else doesn't bother? The honest answer is I don't know. I've been thinking about Atmos for a good year and I really don't know where it's going to end up. I think for films it's great. I can understand that. Get my head around that. For music, I don't necessarily get my head around it yet. I've heard, I've heard Atmos mixes binaurally and I'm really impressed, but I, I just don't know. I just don't know if it's, if it's worth it for music, is my, is my honest answer. But again, that's something that you should go away and think about. Maybe listen to some, certainly listen to some. It's great fun to listen to and decide what you want to do with your music because only you know what is best for your music. That's certainly true. Well, that is it for another episode of the Music Survival Guide. A bit of a, bit of a ramble, but there you are, my first one back after a while. Please rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. It really helps the algorithm to uh, push me forward, push the podcast forward. And please do share it with any friends and bandmates if you thought it was useful. If you're chatting about Atmos, this might be a great one to throw their way. If you're thinking about recording and mixing and want to talk about it, feel free to reach out via my links in the podcast description below. And we can chat about your music. And I will see you next time. <laughs>